Hey guys, Tavares here. So we did an Instagram poll because last week we mentioned pornography and its issues in the church. However, we didn't do too much of an emphasis on women because a lot of people get the impression that pornography is a bit of a men issue. Well, statistics say <laughs> that is not the case. So we did a bit of a poll on our page and while we had probably about from the time when we're looking at it now, probably about 20,000 people viewed it, but obviously everyone is not going to feel comfortable voting. But here are our results. So we asked, ladies, were you ever exposed to pornography as a child? 56% of our voters said yes. And, and that, that was... Oh, sorry. Go ahead, babe. And that was out of 4,400 votes. No, that was out of 7,000 votes, but 4,000 said yes. Right. Maybe you don't know how to read this Instagram stuff. <laughs> Whatever. And we also asked, since becoming a Christian, have you struggled with lust? 87% of our voter voters said yes. Which equated to over 6,700 women. And in the past year, have you watched porn pornography or sat through a show or movie with sexual scenes? 86% of people said yes. Which led to 6,675 women. We also asked, are you afraid of speaking up about your issues with lust because that's seen, uh, that's seen as more of an, a man issue? 57% um, of people said yes, or women, I should say. So not as bad, but clearly over 4,000 women still feel that way. And we also asked, do you feel as though you have anyone you can be vulnerable with about your issues with lust. 48% of women said yes. But yet the slight edge goes over to women saying no. Right. They don't feel comfortable. With 3,500 women saying they don't have the outlet. So welcome back to the Godly Dating 101 podcast, you guys. <laughs> it's your host, Tavares here. And Safa. And we have another exciting episode regarding the elephant in the room. So we know you guys are definitely, you know, tuned in. You are waiting on this. I know it's something that's long anticipated. So we're definitely here and we're hoping it can bless you all. So stay tuned and <laughs> let's, let's just go ahead and dive right into this. But we want to read. Uh, we requested at the end of our survey that a few women could go ahead and give us their testimony or you know, just let us know, I guess, what God is doing in their life with regards to lust and, and pornography. And there were dozens, um, dozens that sent prayer requests, um, dozens that sent their testimonies. And because we're not trying to make this episode long, we literally only grabbed a couple of them because in reality, a lot of the stories are the same. Um, in reality, a lot of stories are, are very sad and, you know, we can't, we can't just talk about every single one of them. And some of the stories um, were just a bit long, mm -hmm. so we didn't want to get into ones that are lengthy. So if you want to hear more detail, definitely check out the first episode from last week, and then we'll get into these from today. Right, uh, right. Um, so I'll go ahead and read some of the testimonies that you guys have sent in. Uh, one of the testimonies says, around six to seven, I, was I, would, I saw commercials like Girls Gone. My dad also had an addiction. This is around the time where you buy DVDs at a blacked out store. I remember because one day after school, he left me in the car until it was dark to go there. One day I found a CD and started watching it. 
Honestly, I did not understand anything but continued. From there on, I watched it almost every day on every device I could. I got to a point where I would watch it three times a day. I also felt bad, but it was so addicting. In addition to porn, I started being promiscuous before uh, first grade. By 12, I felt I needed to lose my virginity. And since then, struggle with both lust and porn. Recently, after a long relationship of indulging in both, four months ago, I asked God to remove every desire around porn and sex. Since then, I honestly don't desire porn, nor does it entice me. I have also decided to become celibate. Although it took me 15 years, I'm now 22, I am grateful because it's truly one of the hardest generational curses I have had to break. You have to recover mentally from seeing yourself and love as something solely sexual. Wow. So we want to talk about a couple of these as we we right. we go through them. Um, a lot of things. So one thing I want to point out in regards to something she said is that she said that she sought God to take away the desire, and you know she hasn't been enticed by it anymore. And while I'm, I, I would never call her a liar. You know, I just want to be honest with you guys. You're gonna say that prayer, and nothing's gonna change. Mm-hmm. It's very possible to say, God, I don't want to watch pornography again, and you're gonna watch it the very next day. You know, so it's. I, I believe, obviously, you know, it's only so much she could send in an email or a DM. But I believe that she also took steps to avoid that she also took steps to break that curse over her life you know so many of you guys I know you're frustrated because you've prayed over and over but God didn't take away um, that desire for it because it's up to you to kill the flesh God is able to save you but you're you have to keep yourself saved you have to keep yourself in God's grace and stay in his will and obey his word Um, I, I guess a perfect example of that would be Paul's thorn in his flesh whereas Paul is saying um, he has a thorn in his flesh and he says he's a messenger of Satan in Second Corinthians 12 um, for any of you guys who want to go ahead and get that context. But he said in order that he never gets lifted up in pride that God sent him a, a messenger of Satan, you know, to, to keep a thorn in his side. Right. And he tells God like he seeks God three times. and He says every time he sought God, God told him, no, I'm not going to take away. I'm not going to take the thorn out of your flesh. My grace is sufficient. So for many of you guys that are out there saying, God, take away this lust, take away this pornography, God is telling you my grace is sufficient, meaning he allowed you to have a weakness because it's forcing you to depend on him. him. He's forcing you to seek him. He's forcing you to say, God, I'm not going to make it without you type of thing. And it's funny you say that, babe, because honestly, um, before before, um, doing this episode with Tavares, And before all of you reaching out, telling us, you know, your story and, you know, the struggles that you've endured with pornography, I feel like I had been living under a rock because, I mean, I was born and raised in the church. And to be honest, I've always been completely sheltered. But just reading some of the testimonies and, you know, hearing you guys reach out to us has opened up my eyes, like to, to really see that people are struggling with this, even in the church and it's so sad. So it's kind of hard for me to do this episode with him because in my head, I'm like, God, how could you, you know, how could you allow, you know, she's a little girl. She said she started this around six or seven, you know, and, and while I said that, I feel like God rebuked me because even before Savar said anything, God brought it back to me, um, what he said, you know, um, sometimes God allows, uh, 
allows us to to have thorns in our flesh and it's not because of us at the end of the day it's for god to be glorified that's 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 the point of all of this no matter what we go through in this life it's for god to be glorified it's Mm -hmm. for him to get the glory it's to draw us closer to him so some Mm -hmm. people go through things and he allows it because this is what he needs them to go through in order to understand that he is his grace is sufficient for them his grace is sufficient for them in their lives and for them to draw closer to him so i do appreciate every last one of you guys that reached out to us to share your testimony no matter how hard it was and and just knowing and trusting us that it'll be it'll remain anonymous um and and then we'll we'll put it out there and let the world know let other christians know that you're not struggling alone if this is something that you're going through i think that's the biggest issue i think that's the thing that really drove me into this because i had this issue i don't think it ever became an addiction for me but i know i had this issue and then i felt like when i was going through it how am I the only guy in church watching this? Like, right. am I the only one addicted? Like, do I have and a problem? And that's what the devil wants you to think. And, and, that's, and, and if he gets you to believe that, you will never say anything. You will never speak up. You will never um, ask God, you know, for help because you think God is condemning you. You think God is not with you. You think, man, everybody else in church is holy and I'm the only black sheep. I'm the only one that can't get it together. And, you know, that's nothing but a trick of the devil because the Bible mentions that Every great man and woman of God, the Bible, it finds a way to tell us about an issue they had. Mm-hmm. God never in, listen, the Bible is, the Bible is perfect. You know what I mean? There's no issues with the word of God. And he still found ways to show us that these men that I chose had issues. These women that I chose, right. they had issues. So a lot of us, we talk about great men and women of God. Paul had the thorn in his flesh. David fell into sin. We talk about even um, the great women in the Bible where a lot of them were barren and Bible mentions that God made some of them barren. You know what I mean? So you'll always wonder like, God, where are you in the middle of all this? But at the end of the day, when we get our eyes back on God, that's when he's able to get up, get up. He's able to get the glory out of our lives because we're not seeing things according to our emotions or our flesh or anything. But you know, it's definitely tragic, man. It's a lot of these stories that people were starting at very young ages. So you know, I couldn't use all of them because some of the stuff were just sickening. And this isn't even in our notes, but I remember I was at a barbershop where I was um, stationed at up in Virginia, you know, and um, whenever work was slow, they let me go out of work and then go cut my hair. And I remember one day going to, to my barbershop and I remember, you know, so I'm chilling in the barbershop, you know, getting my hair cut. I'm quiet. You know, I'm not talking to anybody. And then there was a kid. He looked like he couldn't have been eight, you know, so eight is probably the oldest he could have been. And he was looking at a magazine, like you could see him peeking out the corner of his eye, like a, mm-hmm. like a dirty type magazine. And I was looking at it like, man, we really had those urges that young. I couldn't even remember that that was me, you know, mm-hmm. looking at it as a child. But it was the fact that somebody, I think, told him, man, I'll be watching that. But then he put the magazine in between another magazine. So you didn't realize at first what he was looking at. But that shows you how the devil gets the minds of mm-hmm. children, man. And he children. poisons the minds of children because... If somebody at 20, you mentioned pornography to them, they're looking like, hey, man, you know, that's not for me. Right. But if he can get a little curious child, then he'll keep you in bondage for the rest of your life. If he can get you just to indulge in something for just a little bit, then it's just doomsday at the end of that, you know, so. Yeah. And, um, you know, as you say, you know, the, you know, God, uh, not, not God, but the devil can, you know, draw children's minds away uh, if they can get them at a young age. <clears throat> 
I think about even when I was in high school and I had a health class and one day I came home and uh, I I had looked up on the computer something my health teacher asked us to look up. It was something simple. It was like, I can't even remember, it was a cocaine or something because it's a health class. So we're learning about drugs. We're learning about, um you know, things like that or Heineken. I looked up Heineken and um all I did was type it in in Google and it was that just like that instantly. Yeah. Uh, uh, a p- pornography website popped up. Um you know, it said something about Heineken, but I clicked on it and I was able to see a world of things I'd never seen before. And it shocked me. Um, but I guess maybe because I was always raised in church and not only that, but my parents, they didn't have no secrecy computers in this house. That computer was yeah. downstairs in the living room. In front so, of everyone. So I knew. <laughs> you can see what everyone is looking at. I knew. I, exactly. I knew good and well. I couldn't be on the computer looking <laughs> at things like that. So that was the only experience I, you know, I had with it. But I, I thought to myself, you know, sitting here reading, reading this testimony from, you know, the person who sent it to us. Um, imagine if my parents you know, they were, you know, not, not parents to like, you know, put the computer in the living room. Imagine if we had laptops at that age, because at at that time, I mean, I'm not that old, but back then kids my age didn't have, (laughs) they didn't have laptops, Um, (laughs) you know, in high school, it wasn't, it wasn't that, it wasn't that big. You had home computers. And so now I think, you know, if, 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 if my parents weren't, you know, alert, or if, if we had laptops or I think of all the ways that the the devil could have trapped me as well. Mm -hmm. And so, yes, the devil does seek to kill, you know, to steal, kill and destroy, especially the child, the, the mind of a child. Because if you can get that, then you it's it's like you already won. You you already com- corrupted them, even if, you know, they grow up. This is something that, you know, the beginning stages in a child's life or when they're growing up, that's when they Shapes are more. Them the most. Yeah, they're more palatable. They're more they're 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 more impressionable. Mm-hmm. And right. so. It's just it's just sad, but you know I I thank God for His saving grace, and that even though some of you are going through this, um, that there's still hope. Yeah. So um, let's take a quick break. <laughs> a bit of a heavy subject. So I'll read the next um next testimony. It's very brief. I just wanted to. I took hers because it wasn't necessarily a testimony. She was responding to a message, but I thought it was ideal for maybe some people inside of our audience. But she said it was in regards to, I guess, you know, not speaking up. But she was saying, especially as a wife and a mom, I'm afraid people would think I don't care about my kids or my family or they'll see me as a bad mom. But if it was a dad or a male, I feel people would be more understanding. And that's sad, man, because when she said that, I felt bad for her, but I knew it was true. Mm -hmm. I feel like a lot of men, you know, I won't say we get a pass but people are like, oh, I understand men are visual. But just because I'm visual doesn't mean yeah. God gives me a pass in looking at pornography. You know, just because women are more emotional doesn't mean that they can't get trapped in this as well. Because pornography is very gross. You know what I mean? So it's it's not easy for you to get hooked. But once it can grab your attention and you're just looking like, oh, I need to learn how to do that. Oh, is that how I make the um the next person happy? Oh, and it's like it just twists your mind and it forces you to view yourself, you know, view sex and view love, you know, the wrong way. But what I wanted to point out about it is the fact that many of you are wives and many of you are moms and many of you, you know, have the same issue and you're looking at yourself as though you're a failure and you're looking at yourself as though you can't speak to your sisters in Christ. Or you can't speak to your pastors or your pastor's wives about it. But I want you to know that you can and you should, because mm-hmm. if you don't, then you're going to continue struggling. And it's not a matter of you not loving your husband, not a matter of you not loving, you know, your children. It's just a matter of this is an issue that you have and you can't 
you can't overcome it by ignoring it. You right. know what I mean? So ladies, please, if you're one, someone like her, just go ahead and speak up about it. Don't allow yourself to, to be tricked thinking, thinking that, you know, you're a bad mom or you're a bad wife or you're, you're a bad anything. No, you're just, you're a sinner and you need God to work on you, but it's okay to seek accountability. It's okay to get help, you know, find someone godly in your life that you can confide in. All right. Uh, you can read the next one. The next one says, um, wanted to share that I was delivered from the spirit of homosexuality at uh, about 10 years ago. It's a tough subject, and it's also extremely controversial in this rainbow world. But before I met my husband, I was sleeping with men and women and actually identified as bi-pansexual. Uh, it's something that I am still working through. Yes, even after almost 10 years with my husband, and I only felt comfortable enough to talk to him about these struggles about six months ago when he made a comment that put me in a panic attack. He mentioned something about how I was talking so much with a friend uh, that I would I could pass for gay. I've a very awkward conversation followed, but it really showed me that even though I believed uh, I believe I've been delivered from the actions of homosexuality. The emotions and feelings can still creep in from time to time. Gosh, it even felt wrong to type that. And um, this person is obviously anonymous, but it's someone that I'm aware of, meaning I'm aware of a strong spiritual person. You know what I mean? I'm aware of someone that you may view them on social media and think, wow, you got it all together. But that's why we told you guys it's okay to bring this up because no one is going to be, you know, exposed or anything. But this goes to show you that just because you're anointed doesn't mean you can't struggle with ma um, masturbation, right. homosexuality, pornography. Just because God uses you or just because you're anointed or just because you're this and that doesn't mean you didn't have a past that tries to creep up. You know, so this podcast episode is obviously not going to be about homosexuality and mass things like masturbation, but we will talk about it um, soon, very soon. But the reason why I wanted um, to bring hers was because I felt like just like the other woman, it's hard to discuss certain things when you're married, you know, because she mentioned that she's been married a certain amount of time. And you would assume that maybe a couple months into marriage, people still struggle. But mm -hmm. years into marriage, you would think they overcame that by then, right? Right. Wrong. Like, that's something that can still creep up. You know what I mean? And it was a, a hard conversation she had to have with her husband, you know, about some things he probably wasn't even aware of. You know, so I want you guys to understand how serious this is, because... Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter how much ministry you're involved in. Like God has to break those chains because her husband made a, obviously is a bit of an insensitive comment, but in his head, he had no idea. Right. So many of you, you hear insensitive comments and it drives you back into lust. It drives you back into anger, hatred and all those things. But the, the point is, it's like that trauma can resurface and that, those issues can resurface if you don't deal with it. You know what I mean? So while she could have, I, I won't say she could have ignored it or anything like that, but it's just the fact that she was facing a, you know, a, a big issue came up, you know, inside of her marriage, whereas she thought she was completely over it, but the emotions were there. So while many of you may have cut off pornography and you, hey, I haven't watched it in five years. It's like, oh, this podcast episode doesn't really relate to me. No, it really does because you don't understand things that happen in your past can still affect your future if you're not healed from it. If God has not completely delivered you from it, because it's more than just not seeing it. It's more than not. It's, it's about, I guess, not desiring it at right. this point. 
and even if it doesn't relate to you, it it probably relates to someone that you love you or know, care or about. You love, yeah. Because before doing this episode with Tavares, I mean, he's already done part one of the episode, and he had to ask me if I wanted to be on the episode, and I said, well, no, because I feel like I don't have much to say because this is not something I experienced myself. Um, but after reading, uh, you know, some of the 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 um the uh. The posts that you know, uh, you guys, the comments stuff, that yeah. people have sent sent us. I realize how not not only common it is in the world, but common it is amongst Christians church. in church, right? And so it, it 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 brings me to wonder how many people do I know personally, my friends, my family members, struggling. who are struggling with things I don't even know about, who are fighting battles that I don't even know about, yeah. and because I don't think that it relates to me, I don't pray about it. Why? Why am I praying against pornography if it, it's not yeah, relating to me? Like it's not in right, home, it's not yeah. something I, you know, when I pray, it's not. The, it's not something that that comes to my mind. I pray about other things, but I don't pray about that. But to me, that's selfish. We're yeah. not, you know, we're not going to God on behalf of others if we're only praying about things that directly affect us, and that's yeah. not fair to the people that we love and and we care about. So, uh, even if it is not affecting you, I hope that you listen to this podcast and get something from it, even for the people around you. Yeah, like the Bible mentions, I believe it's in Galatians, that we should bear one another's burdens. And I think that's important as often mentioned that because I feel like many of us fall into that predicament, whereas we pray about the things we know affect us. Right. We know someone is broke. We're praying, you know, that God opens a door. God provides a job. God breaks poverty off of their life. We're pray- we know somebody's sick. God bring healing. God, we know by your stripes they're healed. Yeah, but how many of you know that person you don't know about anyone that's struggling with something like depression. So you never prayed about it. Mm -hmm. So there could be 50% of your congregation facing it. You know, so obviously the people that viewed our story, like I told you, within, we just, we didn't plan it properly. We just did a random survey. We just wanted a couple people to be honest with us, but there were 20,000 people viewing the story um, when we gave you guys the numbers and only 7,000 decided to vote. Mm -hmm. I don't believe the other 13,000 at the time were men. You know what I mean? There are plenty of women that said, nope, I'm not answering. Nope, I'm not comfortable. No, this has nothing to do with me. I'm ignoring it. You know what I mean? And don't get me wrong. You owe me no obligation. <laughs> so I'm not saying, you know, I'm disappointed in anyone. <laughs> what I'm saying is there are plenty of people that feel, oh, something doesn't relate to me. Let me ignore it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And many of you, you don't, you never had the issue before, but you might in the future. And, and that's just being real. because. Mm-hmm. I know of a, a, a anointed man of God, you know, and he admitted that he had that issue in his 60s. So you mean to tell me you've been living for God most of your life and you're 60, 70 now. And you admit that this issue came up in your 60s mm-hmm. while many of you may look like a hey, grandpa tripping and you may crack your little, you know, rude jokes or whatever. But that is serious and that mm-hmm. is scary, which may mean your pastor could be facing this right. because he's an, he's a man of God that I'm telling you, people get filled with the spirit. People get changed. People lives get changed hearing this man speak. And he can admit that he started having that issue in his 60s. Listen, I get women are different. And this, this podcast episode is more you know geared towards women. And maybe none of you women have this issue anymore. Right. But there are a lot of women that that you know, message us saying they were exposed to it because of the guy they were dating. They were exposed to it randomly. They just saw something on TV and they didn't click away. You know, it's it's just. Yeah, honestly, I thought this is something that mostly affected, or would affect, you know, just people in their twenties or you know, young, uh, Man, late teens. Nope. But from seven to sixty, uh, it, it's something that is is um, it seems a, a a bigger problem than you know some of us realize. Yeah. We're going to get into another one of these 
another one of these testimonies, man. I, I, I wish you guys knew <laughs> the amount that we received. And we're just picking some random ones, but I'm going to have you read read that one. Yeah. Okay. I know it's so taboo to talk about, but I believe that people need to know that God is a deliverer. So here we go. When I was younger, I was molested for seven-ish years, from the time I was four to 11, by my cousin who was 11 to 18 years old. That was my introduction to sexuality. Since then, I have found myself in several other literally just unlucky situations. Another sexual assault when I was 11 by some old man. Another when I was 13 by a 30-year-old that my my so-called best friend said was her cousin. Just a lot. All this happened until I literally hated my uh, I literally hated men. My dad, my physically abusive stepdad, all who didn't protect me or believe me. I was against marriage and against family, friendships, relationship, love, God, etc. I was completely atheist or agnostic at just 13 or 14 years old. So when I heard someone at school, my first year in public school, refer to a porn website, I didn't know what it was, neither did I have any interest in it maybe more than a year later somehow I could remember the name of the site that the boy said and I decided to just see what it was I identified as asexual lacking any desire for sexuality at the time but suddenly it was something I saw for years after that it was something that I'd say uh, I regularly did whether out of boredom, depression, coping mechanism, addiction, kind of like a drug or alcohol, whatever I struggled with, whatever I struggled with it, and uh, it kept me from getting the Holy Ghost for a while. But I thank the Lord that he was, he has delivered me from every affliction, not saying I haven't struggled with it since being saved because I have, but when I made up in my mind that I would truly serve God behind closed doors and out, I had to figure out how to completely stop. And as a victim or survivor, I am prone to act uh, addictive behavior, cutting my wrist, pills, porn, alcohol, ne- never drugs, uh, etc. But I decided that I would suffer pain before even thinking about walking away from God again. It takes having an accountability partner to make sure you're praying every day and reading the word. It takes cleaning up your music, no secular music, and and what and what one watches it takes cutting off friends who have filthy mouths and lifestyles and spirits it takes transparency transparency with god it takes phone accountability for some people um and for me i also took medicine alongside my antidepressants to stop the urge to cut or relapse but is good for addictive behaviors in general. I'm not saying I'm perfect now, but I value purity in a way I never valued it before in my life. I'm not afraid to talk to younger girls that I mentor about purity. Standards and modesty are more important than ever to me because it's so related. Even our view on men is also tied in. God wants to deliver us, but it's up to us to do the work. Whew. I applaud you for, you know, I I like that she mentioned that now that she's experienced. And like I said, God doesn't allow us to go through things in our lives for us to keep it to ourselves. Um, A lot of times, younger people after us. Yeah. A lot of times. Yeah. And a lot of people after us also go through the same things. Mm -hmm. And she mentioned that she's not afraid to talk to young girls. You we, we have no idea how many, you know, other young girls in church are dealing with this. 
and out, but in church as well. Yeah. So. Like I, I knew of, um, I found out later of, uh, um, a person that was, I guess, pretty hard on, you know, I guess the younger people, he was a leader. He, he, I guess he was, I won't, I won't call him legalistic or call him any bad thing. I think he was a good leader, but I, I felt like he, he wasn't as gentle as he could have been. And I found out later on that he had struggles that none of us knew about. You know what I mean? And my issue is you have struggles that we have. Don't you know that if you would have told us about these struggles, we could relate to you more? You know what I mean? We could listen and trust you more. Many of you guys don't understand the power of your testimony. Mm -hmm. I understand a lot of you can't testify about it because you're still feeling like you're in bondage. You're still struggling. I get that. But many of you have overcame, but you're afraid of what people will think of you. Who cares what they'll think of you? God has delivered you. The Bible says that redeem of the Lord say so. So if you've been redeemed, why are you keeping that to yourself? If God has set you free from whatever addiction, why are you keeping that to yourself? Mm-hmm. You know, so hers was long. I won't uh, mention specific things in it, but I won't mention too many specific things in it. But I did like the fact that she's mentioning that, you know, being a mentor, you know, mentioned the accountability that she's holding, mentioning the different things that she's doing and um, trying her hardest to, to stay faithful to God. You know, she even mentioned that she went as far as, you know, getting medication for addictive behavior because mm-hmm. a lot of people in church are simply against it. But some things are necessary. I understand some things are spiritual, but some things aren't. And some things can require medicine because, you know, God invented medicine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know a lot of people think atheists did, but no, God is over medicine. Right. Um, but I just love the fact of the vulnerability and being willing to to admit the issues and being willing to address it because a lot of you guys have um, spoken up about, a lot of you guys have been been molested before and you've never spoken up about it. Um, I never knew that my mom um, was molested when she was younger. You know, when she told me about it, it's just like, you would think, you know, how how could that happen to you? You, you know, many of you, it's like, you can't admit it because it's just like, that shouldn't have been me. Like, why would God allow? And you know, and it uh, becomes bitterness, but the fact that my mom can admit it now shows mm. one being healed and two that if you were I understand I can relate to you I can show you that God is able to give you peace I can show you that God is still able to get the glory out of your life mm. you know so many of you guys it's a tragic story but please understand that your story leads to someone else's breakthrough your your vulnerability leads to someone else's growth in life but we're going to read one more um one more testimony in regards to this um I I grew up without my yeah. biological I grew up without my bio- biological parents and that was super tough on me. At age 13 I was I was introduced to porn via my cell phone. I was instantly hooked. At 15, I began to want a relationship with sex being the main goal. I never got it, but by age 17, I was so lost in the realm of porn, I would watch it multiple times a day. At 18, I got into church and was baptized. I was delivered from it completely. At 20, I had set uh hold on. I had my first real relationship boundaries. Uh, relationship boundaries were not set properly and after several months of dating and me going on an emissions trip we broke up and I fell away from God for several months after that I began to fall back into porn it wasn't till July 2019 that I made my de- my declaration of sur- surrender to God again porn and lust are always labeled as a men's problem that it's so hard to find help as a woman I fought in secret and won the battle but God has been using me to minister to others with the same stronghold yeah man um so that was that was the last one but I love her um her her transparency. The only issue I had was the fact that she said she was fighting in secret. Listen, guys, 
I know you don't want to be embarrassed or shamed, yeah. but you can't like, and, and thankfully she won that battle. God gave her the victory, but many people are not winning that battle. Yeah. Many of you are fighting in secret and you're, you're at the altar, boo-hoo crying and you're going right back home to go do it again. You get yeah. to that moment of weakness and you're doing it again. Don't fight alone. And one thing she said that um, stood out to me was that she said she had been delivered from it, but then she was in a relationship and that relationship ended and that was a trigger. Yeah. So sometimes we think that we've overcome things uh, and then all it takes is that one trigger yeah, uh, and then we fall back into it. And I think even when, you know, in our minds, I, I don't think we just fall. It doesn't happen like that. I think, you know, it, it creeps back into our mind and, and then we don't discuss it. We don't, we don't, you know, f- we don't pray about it. We don't, we don't, f- uh, you know, shun the very appearance of evil as far as the music we listen to, yeah. the friends, the company, things like that. And then we fall mm-hmm. because of all of that. I think it's a domino effect. And so like Tavara said, find somebody to talk to. I know we can't trust everyone. I know. Um, sometimes- I, I would rather, sorry to cut you off, but I would rather you hurt yourself by going to someone that made fun of you than you suffer in silence. And I know that doesn't sound logical, but let me tell you something. Um, I was listening to, I believe isn't it? I believe it was a podcast. Andy Manea was speaking and he said, vulnerability does the very opposite of what we think it'll do. What we think is we're going to be vulnerable and people are going to bash us and people are going to make fun of us. But when you're vulnerable, people can relate to you. Right. People can see like, oh, you're human like me. Um, you know, so I'm able to understand, even if I don't go through what you go through, I'm able to relate to you like, hey, I'm going to be with you, be with, be with you um, through this. You know what I mean? So many of us, I feel like we're so we're so worried about the, the few people that will badmouth us and we're ignoring all of the people that will stick with us and pray for us and mentor us, you know? So pray. I have I know I had prayed, you know, for months, maybe over a year, asking God, God, can you please put some godly brothers in my life? Because I'm mm-hmm. like, all these dudes I'm around are really just a joke, man. They don't care if I'm lukewarm, you know what I mean? So God, please. And God started putting some great men of God in my life. And every time I talk to them, I'm just like, what am I doing with my life? You know, they always make me feel like there's more room for growth. Yeah. Always. It's like, oh, you're doing this? That's great, man. And then they're telling me what they're doing. I'm looking like, and it's not a matter of competition, but they're showing me like, hey, God is able to use you to stay faithful. You know what I mean? So you have to surround yourself around people that are willing to help you grow. You know what I mean? So they'll push you to that next level in God. But right. um, there was a there was another person, they mentioned um, their testimony, but it was long. Um, but I wanted to take some points out of what they had said um, in regards to what your takeaway from this could be. Uh, many of you guys, you know, you listened to the first episode, so you're here again. So you may have got some of the practical advice we could give you all. So if, you de- if we don't get to it now, then obviously just go back and watch episode one. But some things I want to say that a, a young lady reached out to us and said, and some things she did to overcome this. She said, one... She unfollowed all the accounts that turned her on even a little. Like, so if I think it's a possibility of you turning me on, she said I was going to cut you off. And I feel like many of us, we're so, we're so afraid to, to cut some things off. Like, please do so right. if, it's ne- if it's necessary for yeah, your faith. I think the problem is we don't think it's necessary. I think sometimes Very we think point. our flesh is stronger than it really is. Yeah, and so that's how we get caught up in that. I mean, the Bible literally said says flee the very appearance. <laughs> if it of looks evil. like it might be evil, fam, flee it. <laughs> it's like run. So it might nothing might not have it, but the fact that it might look like it is saying that you should avoid it. Right. Um, the Bible says in Psalms one hundred one verse three, "I will set no wicked thing before mine eyes. I hate the work of them that turn aside. It shall not cleave to me." 
he got to the point where he said, God, I don't want anything that, that is even considered evil in front of me. Now, many of us know everything that we see in front of us can be considered evil. Our phones, our television, our computers, the foolishness we see every time we step outside. But the thing is, it's not a matter of you controlling others. It's a matter of you controlling what you're entertaining mm -hmm. because you can't control what you see, but you can control what you're staring at, entertaining, mm -hmm. focusing on. You know, so me, I love fitness, but it doesn't matter how much I love fitness if I'm looking at bikini models, if, it, if I'm focusing on women that are just... The pictures are provocative and it's not it's not pushing me to work out. It's pushing me to lust. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't matter how much you like um, what, whatever it is that you like. I don't know. But if it's pushing you to entertain certain things, then it's not God's will for your life. You know, so it doesn't matter how much you even love your friends, you know, because I have a lot of friends where I'm just like, come on, sis, I need to see that. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? And it's like social media created an awesome feature called mute. You don't have to unfollow people. You can mute their account. So it's no reason why we should be looking mm -hmm. at certain things, you know. So if it's causing you to stumble, Jesus said to pluck it out. Cut that thing out of your life. And it is as serious as we're saying. It's not me making this up. It's in the scriptures. God is telling you that there's some things you just have to remove. All right. Mom, the second one, I'll let you read, talk about that, babe. Cut out people that want to entertain that spirit. Um, like Tavares said, I mean... I don't know if he mentioned it before, but as far as being in church and having even friends and uh, people you know in church, not everybody is going to want to live for God. Yeah. They're, they're not always going to encourage you to do the right things. They should, um, but they're not always going to encourage you to do the right things. Mm -hmm. And so you got you to gotta recognize that spirit, recognize that, that, that spirit and, and flee from it. You got to you know, know this is a line and I'm drawing it. We don't need to be friends. You yeah. can you can be you know you can see someone and not have that relationship with them because they will draw you in. Yeah, um, Proverbs thirteen and twenty. I mentioned it in so many of our episodes. He that walketh with wise men shall be wise, but a companion of fools will be destroyed. So Proverbs thirteen twenty. In case you're writing notes, um, but many of us we just have to pay attention to the fact that um, not everybody in church is living for God, and many of them can lead us right back down to that path that God is just delivering us from. So God set you free from pornography, and while they may never tell you in church, hey, watch this porn with me, they'll want you to come to certain movies with them. They'll want you to hang out in certain environments with them, and you know, it's it's okay to admit I'm not strong enough to do that. Yeah. Like, you, you don't have to be superhero, bro. Like, mm -hmm. <laughs> I know you can do all things through Christ, but um, fighting temptation by yourself or playing with fire is going to burn it's you. Gonna burn. Mm -hmm. yeah. And also seek spiritual guidance from leadership or someone you trust. Agreed. Um, you know, recently someone reached out to me on my personal page and she basically explained a struggle that she was going through and, and, and something she fell into. And I had asked her, I was like, can you, because you're reaching out to me and I'm, I'm, you know, she's in a whole nother continent and I'm, I'm yeah. here. So I'm like, is there someone you can trust? Is there, you know, a pastor? Do you go to a church? She said, yes. I said, well, can you speak to your pastor? Is there a youth leader? She said, there's absolutely no one she could trust. She couldn't talk to her pastor. Because that means you need to change her. Right. Right. And I, and I mentioned that. I said, well, that if that's the case, then you shouldn't be there. But unfortunately, she was too young to make that oh, okay. decision for herself Makes sense. Makes sense. Um, because she had to go there because her parents go there. And until she's out of their home, then that that would be the case. But we have to seek someone that we can, you know, trust. Um, accountability is key. Yeah. Um, a fourth thing we'll say is, you know, um, fourth thing she mentioned that we're going to uh, mention a little bit about is set some filters on your Netflix. 
you know, she mentions that she made vows not to do certain things. And if we read, I think it was Job 31 and 1, he mentioned that he, he made a vow to God that he won't look with lust on a maid. In other words, he won't lust after a young woman. Um, but many of us, we don't set any filters. So when we get on our Netflix app, it just pops up with what's the most popular in America. Mm-hmm. And the pictures on Netflix are <laughs> sometimes a bit graphic. But my thing is, set some filters or set some some blockers that forces you to say, um... Oh, okay, I can't watch that. So even if you are tempted, it won't allow you to, I guess, unless you put in a password or things like that. Mm-hmm. There are different things like covenant eyes and different type of um, blockers that, you know, Christian organizations make that you guys can, you know, get connected to with your church or with, you know, spiritual leadership because it'll force you, you know, like if you wanted to download a certain type of app and notify someone else's phone, right. you know, so be able, be willing to set those filters, you know what I mean? And if you're not able to, be be man or be woman enough to say, okay, I don't need this app altogether. Um, you know, because if every time you're on Netflix, you're tempted to watch something with too much sex scenes, or I won't say too much, with sex scenes, period. You know what I mean? You you're know God is delivering fire. from lust. You're playing with fire, you know? So if you, you feel as though cable is a struggle for you, you cut the cable off. You know what I mean? Just get Wi-Fi, you right. know? So be willing to cut off certain things that are pulling you back to, to sin. Another thing we'll say is come talk to God. I'll allow you to read that verse. Huh? So Isaiah 1 verse 18 says, Come now and let us reason together, saith the Lord. Though your sin be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. And we know that's a bit deep King James Version for y'all. <laughs> but in reality, what they're saying is come to God because he knows you're messing up. Right. God says, I know your sins are He can this wash way. you. He'll he's wash come, you. He's the only one that can. You know what I mean? God wants you to come to him for help. If you read Hebrews four fifteen and 16, the Bible says, For we have not an high priest, which cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. So Jesus understands all you are going through. So all the things that tempts you, the Bible mentions that Jesus was tempted by it. So Jesus right. was tempted to lie, steal, curse, to watch, to look at, um, you know, pornography. Obviously, things are different, you know, in his time. But people like to read the Bible from their point of view. No, understand the Bible is not, is not always what you think. Like the woman at the well. Jesus had to go there. He said, obviously, we see that he was going there because he was going through the Samaria to reach her. But the point is, that woman had five men and the one she's with is not her husband. You can't tell me sis wasn't not. You can't tell me she wasn't bad. She had to be bad. So Jesus was tempted <laughs> to lust too. You know what I mean? So Jesus went through all of these things that you've gone through, you know, so and he's telling you, come to me for help. He's able to give you strength. He's able to give you the grace that you need. Right, right. And and stop listening to some of the the songs or all the songs about sex, lust and love, etc. That's something you're struggling with. You don't need to be listening to that music, period. Facts. Even if you're married. <laughs> because <laughs> that, even being too. married, sometimes yeah, some of true. the songs that you listen some to it, it make raunchy. you feel some not, type of way. Some <laughs> like, of these songs are raunchy and yeah. y'all know it. And that's really just tell that's our way of telling you that garbage in means garbage coming right. out. You know, so I heard a praise and worship leader, awesome man of God, his name is Court Chavis. He was talking about people always saying, oh, I'm just listening to the beat. No, you are not just listening to the beat. It's impossible to listen to music and just ignore all of the words. The mm-hmm. words take their time and they creep right into your spirit. There's some songs that if the beat comes on right now, cash money taking over the nine nine to two thousand. I know up. I know what's going on. <laughs> I know 
you even got to I don't even got to hear Cash Money taking up. If I hear the beat, I'm looking like who twerking. You know what I'm saying? Because the music gets into your spirit. I haven't heard that song, the whole thing in years, but I know what's going on once mm-hmm. I hear that beat. You know, so please understand that. If you're a person fighting less in pornography and you're listening to certain artists, it can feed that that fuel. So don't don't fuel that fire, man. You know, so the only way to overcome it is to starve that that sin. Right. And uh, love God more than you love the sin. Um, and I, I've, I've mentioned this on plenty of episodes, but that's one thing my mom told me before I before I married Tavares. She was just like, find a God that loves God more than he loves you. And of course, if he loved God more than he loved me, um, he must love God more than you know sin more than other yeah. things and and she said you'll never have to worry because at the end of the day don't worry y'all she still have to worry but um, <laughs> well, yeah. what i'm saying is not <laughs> that kidding, kidding, not I'm that kidding. necessarily tavares is perfect he's gonna fall right he's human but at the same time if if you love god more than you love sin if you love god more than you love an idol whatever you put before him whether it's sin whether it's a person then you will always go back to god mm-hmm. even when you fall at yeah. times um, so that's, 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 I feel like that has to be the most important way of getting over all of this. Yeah. Love God more because if you love God more, you'll stop watching, um, things that, you know, that, that, that turn you away from him. You'll stop following accounts that are lustful. You'll stop yeah. hanging out with friends that, that, um, you know, influence you to do lustful things. Yeah. So. Um, Bible mentions in Psalms 16 and 11, that will show me the path of life and thy presence is fullness of joy. At thy right hand, there are pleasures forevermore. So when we tell you to love God more than you love this sin, we're not saying, okay, I love God times 10, but I love porn times nine. Like, no, that's not what we're saying. We're saying the closer you're getting to God is the further you're getting away from that sin. So, Because you can't hold on to God in the world at the same time. You can't pursue God in the things of the world at the same time. So there are some people that are loving God and they're still falling into sin. Am I saying that you don't love God? I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is... If you set your eyes on God, then that automatically takes your mind off of those other things that were tempting you. But if you're trying to balance both, you're going to fall every single time. You know, so please understand that his presence is more fulfilling. And I know many of you guys, you know, many of you ladies, I should say, podcast probably didn't help you as much as we would hope. Um, Podcast may have blessed some of the men more than the women, but the point is, Pornography will destroy the church from the inside out if we don't address it. So this must be the beginning of, I won't say a revolution, I ain't Kurt Franklin. Do you want a revolution? <laughs> no, but my point is we have to overcome this and we're not going to overcome if we keep silent and pretend it's not an issue. You know, so for all you guys that are supporting, you know, we appreciate you guys. It's thousands of you listening to the podcast weekly and, you know, we're so thankful that you guys are willing Thank to... You guys to listen to this, to take notes, to, to go back over the scriptures, because it's not what we say, it's what the word of God says. So if, if tomorrow you want to call me a heretic, fine. But if the word, if the word goes against what I'm saying, fine, but please always seek God for what he wants. And pornography is not God's will for any of your lives, not for your children, not for your marriages, not for your future. So, and once again, thank you to all of you ladies who uh, made yourself vulnerable yes, um, yes. in order for us to even be able to make this episode and kind of share with the world what's going on in the church. Um, so thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, and we will be praying for you all. Definitely. Um, even those who, you know, are suffering in silence, we'll be praying for you as well, that God touches your heart and and, and allow you to see that you can't do this by yourself. Mm-hmm. And as always, we'll see you next Thursday. Peace. Peace. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.